Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Giving you the real from A to Z. Surrounding the Dallas Cowboys. News, updates, rumors, transactions, takes, and more. So strap up, Cowboys Nation, and start your day off with A to Z Sports. Live with Will Steele. Three, two, one. Here we go. What should I say? Here we are. <laughs> Can't miss show. Good morning. Good people. Welcome to A to Z Sports live on this Thursday. We are streaming live on YouTube, and of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! I did say you can't miss shows, and I missed one yesterday, but we back. We back, Cowboys Nation. Appreciate y'all for being here. We're going to break down this Cowboys-Panthers preview. We're going to actually dive into the offense and defense today no offense to the Panthers. I just don't think we need two days, right? We don't need two days to take a look at this. So 1-18, reeling a little bit. They got some things they got to work on. You need to go handle business. We're going to talk about how the Cowboys should handle business, where the Panthers are susceptible, where they're good at, how we normally do this thing, you know? And, of course, it's Thursday, so we got the scientific method popping later on with Pat coming through of Dallas Cowboys Dot com. So make sure y'all get your pens and, and, and paper and notepads. Get your notes ready, man, because Pat's going to be dropping gems as he usually does, taking us inside the star, inside the locker room, giving us some up-to-date information on everything, and then kind of his opinion on a question I have about this offense. And in the roundup, we got our first injury uh, report for the week. Some good news, some not-so-good news. We talked about that on Tuesday, and um, we'll dive into it a little bit more. And that's a weird question. Really weird question that popped up yesterday about a particular player uh, surrounding one of our star players. So we'll get into all that. But what's up with your bomb squad? Bomb squad! Apparently that's how Brandon Cooks does it. I thought he went reach back, got the arrow. I think he catches the arrow, and then he and he does his whole thing. But either way, is hard. I like it. Uh, you get the phone lines after we talk to Pat three five one nine 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 three seven. Eight seven, and then you know you can discuss this game or whatever is on your mind. I think for tomorrow, what we're going to do is is going to be a Fan Friday type of situation. I probably put out a a mailback questionnaire type of thing. So just stay around for that. Of course, I'll have my Had to Be's hot take. You know, we'll do that as well. Uh, but that's for tomorrow's show. Today's show, jam packed show. We missed it yesterday. We're here today. Had some things to take care of. All good. Let's get into this roundup though. Because we got Pat coming on at the top of the hour in about 10 minutes. It's time! It's time! It's time! It's 
time. It's time. It is time for. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Walk with me. Talk with me, Cowboys Nation. Pretty lengthy injury report yesterday, but it was it was good news. It was good a good injury report. Everyone on the injury report was designated as a full participant. Uh, but here are a couple of the players that were dealing with something last week or came out of that game dealing with something. Kevontae Turpin missed week 10, full participant with the shoulder. Osley Digizua had some, like a hammy thing going on. No big deal. He was full. Jordan Lewis, he got hurt. Also a shoulder situation, I believe, in that Giants game. But he was a full participant, so you can expect to see him this week as well. Uh, Jalen Tobert popped up on the injury report. He was full as well. Same for Fehoko, which is interesting that Fehoko popped up on there. And then Rico Dowdle uh, dealing with, I believe, was it an ankle, y'all? But he's he's full as well. So Cowboys right now, as we, you know, it's Thursday. So <laughs> you know how Thursday is. It's Thursday, so I, I would hope they would rest 77 so we can get out of this clean. But let's hold tight on it. But the biggest news that came out of the injury report was seeing Peyton Hendershot get his 21-day window activated, meaning the Cowboys have three weeks to decide if they want to either put Hendershot back on the 53 or keep him on IR. But the fact that he was also a full participant means that he could technically play this week. So we'll monitor that, and I'm actually going to talk to Pat about it. We, we've kind of had some fun with this tight end two conversation. It's not a fun conversation, but we've had some fun discussing it over the last couple days. Hendo could play, and if he does, that means the second-round pick could get pushed down the roster again. According to Michael Gelkin, he said that Hendo feels fresh and eager to move around in the practice field, which was yesterday prior to them practicing, and we'll see how he looked out there in the media portion of practice. But the bad news that came out of yesterday, or not yesterday, actually it was Tuesday for real. Uh, LVE is out for the season. And they got a chance to talk to some of the players in the locker room, and you can just tell that they hurt for him. They hurt for him not because of the on-field situation. Obviously, you want your brothers in arms to be there with you. But for what it could potentially mean off the field, right? Meaning they have a decision to make, as Gelkin said, his family. LVE has to think about what his life is going to be like after football is over because he's probably one more hit away of potentially dealing with some type of being paralyzed or severe damage or you know and you don't want to do that right they're expecting another child you know or a child there, there's a whole off the field life that you have outside of football and Jaron curse talked about it Rashawn Evans was asked about it. a lot of the players were asked about how they feel about LVE and and again they hurt for him right they hurt for him because they know this could potentially be it it's no longer about well what can he do for you on the field or when will he be back to to help you down a stretch run it's about can he how can we keep him healthy for his wife and for his expecting child 
et cetera, for his family, for himself, right? Just keep him healthy and, you know, and, and, and upright. This is, we know how dangerous this sport is. But that particular injury, that particular injury can do some different things to you if, if, it, if it happens again. So, you know, prayers to, to LVE. Hopefully it, it doesn't linger. And if he does decide to retire, we wish him well. But that's a long way to go. We don't, we don't know. But that is kind of the energy around LVE is that, hey, man, this could be a situation where if he's not done with football, he's probably done in Dallas. I, I'd be shocked if they if they went ahead and did this thing again, knowing that he's, he's again, one, not even a hard hit, one small hit away from potentially being out of action and, and, and paralyzed, per se. So wishing him well and, and hoping he recovers well and, and makes the right decision moving forward. So the Twitter sphere, the internet streets, or X, whatever you want to call it, was in a blaze yesterday. Question was posed on the radio about is Micah Parsons slowing down? Hell no. <laughs> and I just thought it was an interesting time to do that. To say that. Because if you look at Micah's production prior to Sunday. Not even close to slowing down. Three weeks prior to Sunday's game. Micah Parsons had four sacks. 20 quarterback pressures and seven stops. Does that sound like a player slowing down? No. Not to mention the countless other times he's allowed other players to prosper just with his mere presence on the field. And that happened a whole bunch on Sunday. Now, was he was he frustrated on Sunday? Yes. Could he have channeled his frustration a little bit differently Sunday? Yes. But did he slow down? Is he slowing down? No. No. And, and, and I'm seeing different. Well, our team's figuring out Michael Parsons. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, guys. Come on, man. Look, he was frustrated with his at-bats, with his calls to the plate, per se. It was the least amount of pass rush opportunities he's had this year by a lot, by the way. 19. That's that's the least amount of pass rush opportunities he had. So when that happens, it's usually because teams are blowing you out. Or, or I'm sorry, you're blowing teams out and you get pulled. He didn't want to get pulled. He got pulled. And again, could he have handled his frustration differently? Yes. That's a different, different discussion then is Micah Parsons slowing down? If Micah Parsons was out there with no pressures, no tackles, and no this and no that for two, three, four games in a row, then maybe you could start talking about that question. But just a week prior, the three weeks, four sacks, 20 pressures, seven stops. It's not slowing down. Not to mention on Sunday, he played the second most snaps at linebacker, which actually resulted in some sacks right covering the flats and dealing with the line or dealing with the running backs out the backfield but no I, I just I don't really know what the 
I don't know why that question was posed. I'll just say that. I, I get that we're kind of in a weird spot right now, Cowboys Nation. Let me bring y'all back. I know we're in a weird spot, right? You're playing the Panthers. You just played the Giants. That's a weird intermediate spot. A two and what? Eight team or whatever. A one and eight team. So we got to kind of come up with some things. But but a little too early for that one. If we get into week 12 or 13 and we're looking at two, three, four games of Michael Parsons kind of just getting blanked across the board and, and he looks tired and hurt out there like last year where he looked tired and hurt, Micah don't look tired and hurt. Micah don't look like he needs a breather. Micah actually wanted more reps. He's frustrated. Can he handle his frustration better? Yeah, sure. But let's not make up things to generate clicks right let's not do that because we're in this weird spot that's all i'm saying and that's no disrespect to anybody i just that type of stuff kind of just makes me say come on y'all what are we doing what are we doing we don't gotta do that we got plenty we got plenty of other things that we could talk about here one of the best pass rushers in the league wearing down we're just we're just throwing things in the air what my man say on, uh, what was it, uh, Wolf of Wall Street? Fugazi, Fugazi. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. For what? For who? For what? But hopefully he takes this, because you know. Just give me one little thing, right? Competitors like that give me one little thing. Take that, fuel it, use it as fuel, I mean. Go out here and just crush the Panthers. Just crush the Panthers. You know what I'm talking about, Swain. If you ain't seen Wolf of Wall Street, they go right over your head. Right over your head. Yeah, the stock market's fugazi, fugazi. <laughs> what I loved about... What I loved about that scene, uh, if you dig if you dig into that, that scene was kind of off the cuff. It wasn't in the script. And you can see Leonardo DiCaprio like, man, what is he doing? Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, T-Dub says, just throwing stuff at the wall. I feel that way as well, man. It's not real, Mike Lowry. It's, it's, it's not real at all. But you know what is real? One of the realists in the game, by the way. It's a guy, Patrick No C. Walker. It's time for the scientific method, ladies and gentlemen. So get those notepads out. One of the realists in the game. What's good, good brother? No, I mean, that game recognized game. So we all know everybody's listening. This show, watching this show, everybody knows how Will Steele gets down. So, Thank you, man. you know, from one of the realists to one of the realists, much appreciated, my brother. How's it going over there? Well, very well. Uh, I was just talking to the folks about how we're in this weird situation between Giants, Panthers, but the Cowboys can't look at the Panthers like week three. So, got to handle business. So, we're going to nope. talk about how the Cowboys can handle that business, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when it comes to the Panthers, I know everybody, you know, their eyes go to the record one and eight. And I get that. I 100 percent get that. Um, you know, like Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are. But I would also add that while that's true, 
Uh, we say it every week, you don't overlook teams. Those other teams get paid to play as well. And we all know that when it comes to playing the Cowboys, this is a lot of teams' Super Bowl. Um, and this is going to be the Super Bowl for the Carolina Panthers because they are 1-8, and eight, and they're trying to give their fans something to cheer about. And the Cowboys are on the road. Um, and the Cowboys haven't played ex- exceedingly well on the road this year. They're absolutely blowing the do- doors off of teams that come to AT&T Stadium. But when they get out on the road, it's kind of a mixed bag. So not only do they need to start stringing wins together during this stretch before they rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles, but uh, they need to go ahead and get this one road game that's in this five-game stretch to kind of keep that rolling along. So, yeah, don't sleep on the Panthers. I mean, their offense is in shambles, absolutely. But their defense is uh, one of the more respectable ones in the league. Yep, we're going to break all that down a little bit later, Pat. But let's talk about some of the players that potentially will be available for the Panthers, can you give us an, an update uh, on on the injured guys? We kind of briefly spoke on some, but can you go a little bit more detail on the injury report from yesterday? Yeah, a couple of headlines. Uh, first of all, the most notable is who's not on the injury report. That's Tyron Smith. Uh, Tyron Smith, past couple of weeks or so, has uh, for the most part been relegated to walkthroughs and mock games only. And in the last two games since his return from that neck stinger, he's looked like prime Tyron Smith. Like you call him still Tron. Tron is back. Um, to the point where the Cowboys haven't even put him on the injury report. So if that continues, knock on wood, because this is Thursday, right? Yeah. This is Terror Thursday in Dallas. So as long as there are no uh, setbacks or no additional things that pop up with Tyron Smith, he will actually be 100% healthy going into this matchup with the Panthers, and that's that's just fantastic news. Uh, Peyton Hendershot, he returned to practice on yesterday, and um, his 21-day uh, practice window has opened from IR. For those that don't understand, he's now allowed to fully practice with the team. He was a full participant effective yesterday, but um, the Cowboys have a decision to make if they push that 21 days out. So he can practice for the next 21 days. Then if he's good enough to go, he has to be added to the active roster. If he's not good enough to go, he has to be put on season-ending injured reserves. So um, the fact that he was a full participant yesterday, that's good news as far as him training to be back fairly quickly. I mean, I wonder if he'll be back for the Panthers game. We'll see how this week goes. If so, then how does that, you know, work out with, like, Sean McEwen, who might go right. uh, back to the practice squad? We'll, we'll see. Uh, Junior Fajoko, knee injury, full participant. Rico Dowdle popped up on the injury report. Ankle injury, but full participant. No concerns there. Jordan Lewis, neck, full participant. Osa, hamstring from last week, still dealing with it, but he's not limited anymore. He's back to full. Jalen Tolbert has a knee injury from Sunday, full participant. Um, and Kevontae Turpin, another headliner. He missed last week's game against the Giants because of that shoulder-slash-rib situation. Uh, he's a full participant as well. So this will all ramp up on Thursday, though, because today is going to be the full practice for everybody. So keep an eye on the injury report uh, at the end of today. But as it stands, it's looking like a great news for everyone, unfortunately, except for Leighton Vanderich. Yeah, that's the one, man. And, and I, I caught a couple of the interviews yesterday, and you can kind of tell it was sombering news to the players. And, and, and like I was saying in the opening here, I don't think it was just about on the field. I, I think they, they are understanding what this, this injury could mean, period, for Leighton Vanderesh. Uh You want to go into a little bit more detail on how everybody's feeling down there in the star about Leighton potentially being out, or not potentially, out for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a somber mood. It's a somber conversation to have with, with any of the players. I mean, you know, uh, even even a guy like Rashawn Evans, who just arrived not a month ago, uh, his the impact that LVE has had on him already has him kind of lamenting the loss as well because he understands just 
you know, what type of competitor uh, Leighton Vander Esch is. And, you know, that permeates throughout the locker room. Talk about guys like Damone Clark, who, who Leighton Vander Esch took under his wing um, when Damone had the spinal fusion surgery in his neck. So a similar injury uh, that almost turned Damone's rookie season into a redshirt season, who was the first one to reach out to him after the pick was made in April. It was Leighton Vander Esch, who was the one who was inviting Damone to his house to kind of uh, watch film and get the rookie acclimated, it was Leighton Vanderer. So those types of things, you know, helping Marquise Bell transition to linebacker, I mean, you know, for as much for as many roses, rightfully so, as we give Dan Quinn and the coaching staff and the linebackers coach, uh, Leighton Vanderer has been, you know, almost as much as the linebackers coach as well. So he's a mentor uh, off the field, in the locker room, and, of course, we know what he was doing on the field. Uh, and, you know, despite the narratives to the contrary, Leighton Vanderer has uh, was absolutely one of the best players for the Cowboys defense. And uh, if not for Marquise Bell excelling, uh, the Cowboys would figure out real fast just how valuable he was. Hell, they, they found out last December when he was out for two or three games and that run defense kind of took a dive without Leighton Van Der Esch and Jonathan Hankins. So, um, but now the question becomes, does Van Der Esch ever suit up again right. in the NFL? Um, so that's a decision that he's going to have to make, what's, you know, one that's best for him and his family. Um, but I will say absolutely it is and has been and will continue to be a pleasure to be around this this guy. He stays in the locker room still coaching up guys. And, um, you know, I just want him to do the right thing. This is not his first or second or third or even well, I think it's his fourth issue with his neck. So Oof. at a certain point, you just, you just got to do the right thing, man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hinting at what I'm hinting at, but he's, he's a grown man. He's going to have to make that decision. But do the right thing, brother. Do the right thing like Spike. Hey, um. Rashawn Evans, he he got called up for the third time, and and it's clear, right, that he's going to be a part of this team. And I just was thinking about how are they going to make that decision happen? Uh, they're going to have to cut somebody, correct? Yeah, they're in order. So the practice squad rules have been updated a little bit. Um, you know, not so long ago, it was once the player maxed out at three, um, you had to make a decision to either carry them on the active roster and then release somebody as a corresponding move if you didn't have that spot vacant. Or um, you would have to waive them, subject subject them to waivers after the mm-hmm. trade deadline, which is where everybody, even the vested veterans, are subjected to waiver claim and then hope that they clear and then get them back on the squad, practice squad. But not the case anymore. Um, so he's he's maxed out at three, so he's going to be carried on the practice squad going forward. The clock doesn't reset again until the playoffs for that three-time mm-hmm. elevation. So if they want him to play another game, this, this regular season, they got to sign him to the active roster. Corresponding move, that's where it gets kind of, not dicey, um, but the question is, who would that be? And I look right. at a guy like Tyrus Wheat. Mm-hmm. Um, you are log jammed uh, on that defensive line. And at the time Tyrus Wheat was signed to the active roster, it made sense. But now it makes more sense to have Rashawn Evans there, yeah. knowing that you're not going to have Leighton Vanderish returning, and you need that linebacker depth. You absolutely need it. So, uh, I think Tyrus Weed is a, a guy to keep a, an eye on. Maybe Noah Igbenogany, but I think the Cowboys need him for veteran depth at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, so Wheat would make more sense to me. But, of course, if, if he's waived and, and clears waivers, they'd love to have him back on the practice squad. But we'll see what that move is, and we'll see how soon they make it as far as evidence is concerned. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I was also thinking about, man, Peyton Hendershot also would have to uh, you know, take somebody off the yep. roster, but so he needs the spot too. Yep, yeah, you know, it's two two players. It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of days what they decide to do. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on 
the good stuff that's happening with the Cowboys right now offensively, which is looks like a complete 180 from a philosophical standpoint from the first five weeks of the season mm-hmm. to now. And I've I've listened to you personally through you know on dot com with the podcast. I've read your articles, so I kind of have an idea. But I don't know if others do, so I wanted to give them a chance to hear your your take on the. They better offense. catch up. They better <laughs> catch up with right. They better catch up. Get on the science. Come it on, ain't man. Not for nothing. Come on, man. Look, if they miss the science though about this offense, I want I want you to to let us know what do you think right now is the catalyst, the reason, or what have you behind the offensive success or offensive shift since week five? Well, I think it's, it's several things, but the, the, you know, top two things that pop up in my mind is one, something that uh, you and I and, and, you know, Vach and a lot of our uh, very intelligent football IQ heads have been talking about for weeks before it actually happened is we wanted to see Dak use his legs as yeah. a weapon. Uh, we wanted to see him use that to create a different, or an added threat that the opposing defense has to account for, and that will probably help spark uh, the offense moving along. We finally saw it against the Los Angeles Chargers. They only won 20-17. However, they don't win that game at all if Dak Prescott isn't using his legs. I think that sparked, obviously, when you look at what CeeDee Lamb has been doing ever since, it sparked CeeDee Lamb uh, in addition to the frustration he had coming out of that 49ers game. So, now you look at Mike McCarthy looking at it and saying, you know what, you're right, CD. You are one of uh, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, and we have to find ways to get you the ball. We have to scheme you open. So combination of those things and part of scheming uh, uh, CD Lamb open goes to pre-snap motion and yeah. the misdirection that ha- has been occurring at a, a high rate uh, for the Cowboys. They were up and down with it um, to start the season over the first four games. They kind of dip their toe in the pool and they pull back. They dip their toe in the pool and they, they pull back. But in, against the 49ers, they had a season low and pre-snap motion. Meanwhile, 49ers had a season high and pre-snap motion. And how'd that game end up again? All righty. So <laughs> I think the uh, the 49ers made McCarthy and, and Schottenheimer take a long, hard look in yeah. the mirror and say, you know what, we have the personnel to do what they just did to us. Why can't we do to other teams what they just did to our arguably number one defense in the league. And during the bye week, they went in, hit the reset button, and uh, and ever since, they've just been firing on all cylinders, and it's been ramping up more and more each week. Uh, and even though, I mean, they could be 4-0 if not for the game of inches in Philadelphia, but even look at that game. Over 370 passing yards from Dak Prescott used his legs. Pre-snap motion was a thing. They yep. really put the Eagles' defense on their heels. And that tells me that this Cowboys offense, if you didn't know it before, Brandon Cooks went off for 173 while CeeDee Lamb hit 151, while Jake Ferguson got his tutty, while Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert and Jalen Brooks were in. I mean, if that doesn't tell you that this team is firing on all cylinders, I don't know what will. I think the Brandon Cooks, you know, getting him going was the last Infinity Stone. And I know they were attempting to. Oh, right, yeah. they they were they were they were fighting with Thanos to get that Infinity Stone. stone. Yeah, yeah, the reality but, stone. Yeah. You know, it 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 was it wasn't until <laughs> you know what I'm saying? it wasn't until <laughs> Infinity Wars or whatever, right? Where they got uh. it, and that happened last week. And that's the last one, though. Seriously, though, Pat, like if if, if you can put that on tape, that not only is Cooks going, he's not going to just get four receptions for forty yards and a touchdown, but right. he has a chance to go for a buck fifty if you don't pay attention to him. That just makes, in my opinion, this passing offense really tough to deal with, especially if a Turpin is back healthy because they have a very unique, versatile room. 
Yeah, one hundred percent correct there. And if you think about it, I mean, Goku, they they got the they acquired the Soul Stone um, by releasing Ezekiel Elliott. So soul for a soul, right? Uh, you get Brandon <laughs> Cooks, and, and the last thing to do was come to terms with reality. And here we are with the Reality Stone. And the reality is there was no reason why both C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks could not eat heartily on a week-to-week basis. And now they finally put that reality stone, that final stone in the gauntlet um, with Brandon Cooks just absolutely having his coming out party. And now there's no reason and no excuse, I should say, uh, both actually, no reason nor any excuse for this not to continue. Now, do I expect that both will, you know, contribute for a combined 320-plus <laughs> yards together every single game? That's not what I expect. No. Would I love it? Oh, you better believe it. Um, but what I do expect is that this this tandem of playing off of each other, um, establishing CeeDee Lamb early, forcing the defenses to kind of shade toward him, and then that opens up Brandon Cooks and, and of course, Jake Ferguson in the middle, who's also having a breakout season. Uh, and then that forces the defense back to playing true and playing honest. And now you're playing man-on-man coverage, and you better have the horses yep. to match up against these horses in Dallas because if you don't in a, a straight-up situation – on a one-on-one situation, you're toast. Now, also to that steal, let's add the fact that, you know, Dak Prescott uh, was kind of up and down when he came to playing against man coverage, and that's something that the 49ers exploited as well uh, in, in switching from zone to man. They knew that he was lethal against zone, he and C.D. Lamb, but they switched to man, and it really disrupted everything. Went into the lab on the bye week, came back out, and now Dak Prescott, is, his quarterback rating is over 130 over the past uh, four games against man coverage, you know, uh, three, uh, how many touchdowns? Six touchdowns, six passing touchdowns to only one interception, which is also six passing touchdowns to only one interception against zone coverage. So Dak Prescott is basically saying, I get it now, pick your poison. And then he's looking at his weapons and saying, uh, you want lamb or you want it from Cooks? Pick your poison. Oh, you chose one or the other. Well, here's some Jake Ferguson for you. Eat up. Uh, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, now they're trying to cover Jake. Ah, oh, let's let's give you a little bit of Tony and Rico. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this offense is coming together and at a perfect time, and that includes the offensive line being healthy and finally getting the continuity that we've been hoping for. Bars. Hey, appreciate you coming through as always, Pat, man. This is amazing stuff you give us each week but what you also do on this same day is you drop your science lab uh article and if you guys are not tuned into that you're missing out but can you give us a little tease on what you got going here at the top of the hour yeah kind of segued a little bit drop some breadcrumbs for y'all um science lab drops on dallascowboys.com approximately 10 a.m no later than 11 a.m central time uh and this week is about pre-snap motion and just how much it has affected the Cowboys lose and win um, over these past nine games. And uh, you're going to be absolutely stunned to see just how deep in his pre-snap motion bag Mike McCarthy and his analytics team have gotten. Uh, And then you're going to see in this week's Science Lab exactly how that correlates with the success that Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb are having with the numbers to back it up. So make sure y'all jump into that because uh, Big Mike is getting real freaky and Dirty Dak is here to stay. (laughs) <laughs> Dirty Dak. I love it, man. That is Patrick No C Walker, DallasCowboys.com. Thank you, good brother. All right, talk to you soon, brother. Salute. Tell you, man. It got to be here each and every Thursday. This man drops a science for you. And then and then he drops the science. 
later on via the article. So if you missed it, all good. We'll drop this thing again uh, probably on Saturday. We always roll it out Saturday. Try to give you all content Monday through Sunday, right, in different ways. So make sure you stay tuned for that. All right, look, here's what we're going to do. Turn the page. Talk about this Panthers Cowboys game. We're going to dive into the Cow or the Panthers offense, get the Cowboys defense. And right after that, the Panthers defense, which is the better of the two against the Cowboys offense. So y'all know how we do. Go take a little bathroom break, coffee break. If you're at work and you got your bosses around a little bit, you can pretend like you're doing some work for 30 seconds so they can get away and then put the earphones back in and get this business. You're listening to A to Z Sports. Do it live! At some point, hoping to broadcast in front of the millions of Cowboys fans to bring you the real. But for now, strap up and here's your host, Skywalker Steel. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We'll do it live. Do it live. Hey, I I show I show my wife uh, Chris Berman his rant very similar to Phil O'Brien's rant. Ah, uh, if you if you haven't seen Chris Berman's rant from like 2000, where he was at uh, ESPN Zone in Baltimore, goaded one of the goat ducking under stuff. Oh man, it's hilarious. Chris Berman's hilarious. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just dropped some signs from our guy, Patrick Nosey. Welcome. Now it's time to get into this breakdown of this Panthers game. So let's get into it, man. Decided to combine the two this time because, look, again, no disrespect to any of these teams. That's why we're doing a whole show breaking them down. But... These guys are one and eight offensively. They are having a lot of issues right now. A lot of issues. Uh, first year offensive coordinator Thomas Brown was given the reins. Right, this is a guy that was given the reins to call the plays over the last three games. He comes from the Rams. He was assist, an assistant there for a while, but Frank Wright didn't like what he said, what he saw. Right, so he said, "Give me the play calling duties back." So this week, Frank Wright, the head coach, will be calling the plays against the Cowboys. But it doesn't seem to matter who calls the plays. Frank Wright, Thomas Brown, these guys can't score. Uh, I don't even think they've scored 20 points in, in like a month. But they're 29th in points scored. And then on the flip side, 30th in points allowed. But offensively, they, they just don't get a whole lot done. Now, you would think a young rookie quarterback team would lean on a ground game or they'd be at least decent on the ground. Not really the case either. But this is what their running game looks like. So they signed Miles Sanders, right, to a multi-year deal in the offseason. But he's pretty much been phased out of this offense. He hasn't received double-digit carries since the start of October. This is now a Chuba Hubbard offense. I'm sorry, Chuba Hubbard backfield. He's getting a lion's share of the carries. Doesn't mean a whole lot of production, but but he's still, again, he's, just a, he's a guy that's going to keep things going or try to keep things going stay in front of the chains for Bryce Young in this offense 19 carries 16 carries 15 carries those are three out of the last four games he's he's received 15 or more carries so he's a hard runner I like this guy I mean I liked him when the Cowboys played him a couple years ago he's a tough-nosed runner uh he can make some good cutbacks and get downhill in a hurry 
He can pop some big plays if you allow him to. But but again, the production isn't always there. Uh, you know, since week two, he's only averaging 3.1 yards per carry. So I like the kid, but I don't think that he's he's a guy that you really definitely since the Cowboys have played better running backs, he's a guy that's gonna gonna kill you. Let's just be honest. He's a guy that's gonna, you know, run hard, try to stay in front of the chains and whatnot. But the reason why I think their offensive line, I'm sorry, their offensive run game is not good is because of that offensive line. That offensive line is is sweet to me. Talked about this a little bit on Twitter. It's kind of food, that interior. That interior is just not good. Starts with their center, uh, Bozeman. So, you know, I do these. I've been doing this for a couple years. And Bozeman is one of the more sack-happy centers that I've noticed when doing these breakdowns. Whether it be via research, whether it be via film, he's given up 15 sacks from the center position in five years. That's a lot of sacks, y'all. He's already he's already at four and a whole lot of pressures from the center position. That's nasty work. That's nasty, nasty work. Corbett, who's their right guard, he's already given up three sacks in three games and 11 pressures. And then on the left side, they've had a whole interior problem here. Left guard, right guard. Injuries, guys are in and out. They had, a, they had a, a gentleman named Throckman. He was their left guard for the last seven games, but he played right guard a little bit too. They cut Throckman. They said, hey, man, you bad, dog. They got rid of him. Chandler Zavala, who was injured, he came off injured reserve. He may be a guy that they fill in, but he wasn't doing too well. Rookie guy, he wasn't putting a lot of good tape on film. Cade Mays is a second-year guard who also might get that call up. Bottom line, though, bottom line, their, their interior offensive line is ripe for the pickings. You got Osa Digizua, Mozzie Smith, Jonathan Hankins, Micah Parsons. You know he does some damage in there, too. I feel like these guys are going to have a shot to do some damage in the interior. Indy gave them a whole lot of fits in there. But their tackles, to me, are, are more respectable. I'm not saying these guys are, you know, the Pro Bowl players, although I am a, I'm a fan of Taylor Moten. I think he's been a rock-solid right tackle for a long, long time in this league, and he's still playing well. I think he's only been docked for one sack this year, and, and you know, he hasn't given up a ton of pressures consistently. However, a couple weeks ago, the Colts got at him. And the way the Colts did it, and I hope the Cowboys are looking at this and kind of, you know, take something from this game, is they did a lot of simulated pressures and games up front because the thing with Bryce Young is I don't think you need to, to to blitz him a whole lot make him have to sift through coverage their offensive line is not that good I do like Moten but I think Micah and D-Law I think these guys are going to be able to do some good things with Iquanu the, the guy on the other side he he hasn't really lived up to the hype I believe he was a top 10 pick a couple years ago you see the skill set on film but he hadn't really lived up to the hype. He's already given up five sacks, but he's getting a little bit better. Zero the last two weeks and only four pressures. You see it, right? Like you see the the length, you see the the quickness in his feet. You see that skill set that made him a top ten pick. It's a matter of putting it together though consistently. Unfortunately for him, he goes up against one of the best pass rushes in the National Football League, one of the deepest pass rushes in the NFL. So I don't think it's going to be easy for him. I think the Cowboys can really cause a whole lot of problems. For this entire offense, because their offensive line, I don't think, can deal with the Cowboys uh, down in, down out. 
Now, if you get to a point where this game is just close and they can continue to run, whether they're successful or not, they will love to be in a world where they run the ball 35 times because they're in it. But if you take them out of that, they're in a whole lot of trouble. Because Bryce Young is not ready just yet to, to be able to deal with all that. I like the kid. Kid's small dude out there. In a, not in a great situation. We'll get to the skilled players in a second. But I, I'll just let Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, he says some nice things about Bryce Young. Here. Yeah, I think he has the it factor. And uh, coming out, one of the guys said this um, may not look prototypical um, in, the, in the basketball narrative. That this Steph Curry. You know, he knows where to go. He's got eyes in the back of his head. He can see things. He feels rush. I can still remember the, a play against Texas from a couple of years ago. There's a blitz coming to him, and he avoided somebody to make a throw. Um, we'll certainly have to be ready for two plays, you know, one where it's inside the pocket and the second one outside the pocket. So I was definitely impressed by him. I have um, certainly a lot of respect for and know a lot of the people at Alabama, and to hear them talk in the way they did about him, um, I think it kind of spoke to his leadership, his toughness. And so he may be undersized, but uh, the guy's tough. And uh, you can see that all the way through. You've got like you got to be tough when you're that when you're that small playing in National Football League. No one's questioning his toughness, but he struggles with a lot of things, but with pressure. If you pressure him, and you don't even got to pressure him with five or six guys, you don't even got to blitz him all crazy. He actually is better against the blitz, but that's because he can just tuck the ball, run or tuck the ball and evade some things. You, you heard him talk about ducking and dodging and moving around. He's actually been worse when you don't send a blitz against him. But either way, blitz, no blitz. When you pressure him, his completion percentage tanks to 40. I think it might be sub 40, but it's really, really bad. His passer rating is actually sub 50. His completion percentage is at 40 and his yards per attempt. I don't think I've ever seen this. 3.6 yards per attempt when you pressure Bryce Young. Again, pressure. And you go back and look at some of these recent games, some of these pressures aren't because they're getting seven guys after him. They might send a stunt that might confuse him. They might simulate a pressure, drop back. I know we're a man team. I get it. But I, I, I would hope that we don't give him easy outs. Strategically send the blitz. But your normal four to five guys that Dan Quinn sends in the manner he sends him, I think is going to really trip him up. He, he, he's Look, he's a rookie. So when I'm saying this, understand we're talking about a rookie that doesn't scan the field as well. Doesn't He's, he's young. He doesn't know what's going on just quite yet. And he's about to go up against a, a defensive coordinator that knows how to take advantage of that. So take advantage of this wide-eyed rookie, rookie, and you'll be able to, to get either sacks, a whole lot of sacks on him. He's, uh, I think, the fifth most sacked quarterback. Or you'll get some turnovers on. One of the two. Now, the guys he's got to throw to, it's basically Adam Thielen or bust, for real. And, and Adam Thielen had a period there where he was getting a whole lot of targets and he was getting a whole a lot of yards. You know, he was kind of having a resurgent there. He, he has 41 targets, I think, on the season, something like that, maybe 41 receptions. He's by far their most targeted wide receiver, and I get it. He's a veteran dude. Usually a tight end is a rookie's best friend, but Hayden Hurst potentially will be out. He's dealing with a concussion. He's in a concussion protocol, so they may he may be out of here. So the weapons aren't there for him. This is a slow unit outside. 
get a bunch of separation. I wonder, and I had this question posed. I had this question posed. I was just thinking about with Frank Wright taking over. If you guys remember, now I'm, I'm digging deep here for Frank Wright. I'm just trying to find something that he can do to take over play calling duties. He's now taking over play calling duties for the Panthers. And I just remember Frank Wright when he was with the Eagles and they dealt with the quarterback situation. Their guy got hurt the Super Bowl year and Nick Foles came in and they kind of flipped the offense in general. They went to a predominantly RPO style offense. Again, I'm, I'm, this is a big reach, but I wonder if they if they go into a, hey, man, let's slow this game down for him. Let's RPO, read option, you know, type situation. Run the ball, RPO, read option. It's a lot of things he did, you know, at Alabama. Because right now, ask him to just drop back and be a pocket passer. It's not, it's not working. They tried to do that the first five games of the year, and you kind of took his legs away. He only had eight rushing attempts in the first five games. Right. He wasn't running around a lot. That's the one thing that he does have. Right. One of the things the Cowboys sometimes struggle with is running quarterbacks and and Bryce Young can scoop over the last three weeks. He has 13 rushing attempts. So 13 and three games compared to eight and five. So he's clearly speeding up things here and trying to get out and make and make things happen. Now, he fumbled a whole lot. You know, when he was not running, so. That's something you can do. He's a little dude. I don't even think he goes 200. He might not even go six feet either. So you put a hit on him. Get one of these safeties, one of these linebackers, one of these big defensive linemen. If Jonathan Hankins happens to get in the backfield to get a sack and you, he just happens to fall on him, he's going to feel that. So you you need Bryce Young to feel uh, these these uh, these defenders when you, when you hit them. And that two-hand pat pushing stuff. Get a couple good ones on him. And I think he'll give you some back. Now, let's get to the side of the ball that's the more respectable unit. They've got, in my opinion, more players over there. That's the defensive side of the ball. Again, a weird, it's weird over there, though. Really, really weird. Because you look at, like, total yards or something. You might be like, oh, that's top 10, they're 7th in the league, total yards. Yeah, but they're 29th or 30th in points allowed. Yeah, they, they top, you know, 6 in pass defense. Yeah, but they're 32nd. In red zone defense. Let's start with the pass defense though. Let's add some context to it. Again, respectable unit. They got some players that, you know, Dante Banks, things like that. Some, or not Banks, but um, what's my man's name? Jackson. Dante Jackson, not Banks. Troy Hill, former Ram. I remember when they went to Super Bowl, I think he was with him. Xavier Woods is back there. Veteran in Von Bell. Respectable unit. I'll give them that. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you'll see that good quarterbacks have had success against them. Jared Goff, three touchdowns, no interceptions against them earlier in the season. Josh Reynolds had a good day there. Tua Tungavaloa, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tyreek Hill, 100-yard day, went off on him. Geno Smith, about 300 yards, a touchdown. He did throw an interception. Blew those guys out. DK Metcalf. Hit the century mark on them. The last three weeks, though, they've played two rookie quarterbacks, and one of them pitched a stinker. Shouts out to CJ Stroud, but he pitched a stinker. It's going to happen. He's a rookie. He was bad in that game. And a backup in Indianapolis. So, yes, respectable unit. 
but you've seen better is what I'm getting at. You've seen better. And when you dive into the context of this defense, it's not nearly one of them ones. Well, then, Scott, how do they rank top six in pass yards allowed? I'm going to tell you how. Because teams just feel like I don't need to pass on them. They face the third least passing attempts in the National Football League because they get run on like workers down there on Harry Hines in Dallas. No lie. Seven out of their last nine games, not last, just seven out of their nine games this year, teams have rushed for 130 or more yards. Seven out of nine. Running backs are averaging almost five yards per carry. You tell me, you go into a game and you see a team that running backs are averaging almost five a pop. You can get about 130 plus. You're likely going to go into that game saying, huh, I'll run on them. Teams run the ball on them at the fifth highest rate. And again, sometimes you got to be careful because you go look at volume numbers like passing yards, like we talked about. Well, well, what's the context? Why are they... Why, are, why aren't teams getting a lot of yards? Oh, they're not passing on them. So that, that makes sense, right? Let me go look at the running yards. Oh, bottom bottom of the league in rush yards, but is it because of volume? All right, yeah, teams run on them a lot. But how do they do when they run on them? Oh, they're averaging almost five yards a pop, so they just can't stop the run. So yes, respectable unit, but a unit that still can get got. Tyler Bajent, I forget the dude's name. Minshew. Salute C.J. Stroud. Playing phenomenal football. So I'm not going to sit here and diminish C.J. Stroud, but he's a rookie. It happens. When you went up against a veteran like Tua, Geno, Jared Goff. Seven touchdowns, one interception. Two 100-yard wide receivers. I think the Cowboys, if they continue to do what they do, and if they want to throw the rock, I think they can. But I don't know if that's the, if that'll be the plan because of how bad they are on the ground defending the run. Now they got players I like over there. Derek Brown, I I was a big fan of Derek Brown coming out of Auburn. I actually remember doing that was my first draft live draft coverage. Uh, we did it with the late night hype crew. Big fan, big guy, go about six three, three twenty plus strong he can push he can push somebody back to the pocket in, in the quarterback's lap he can do that he's solid against the run but again he can't do it by himself be a fun battle let me just say that between your interior lineman and Derek Brown that'll be a fun battle if you're into the trenches the only player I worry about there though is is Biotish, right like Biotish, he's fought the Quentin Williams he's fought the did he play, yeah, he played He's fought the Dexter Lawrence's a few times. He, he's had matchups against the Hargraves. He's he's probably probably lost more than one, but he's fought. So this is not going to be new. He's going to have another fight with Derek Brown. Zach Martin and Tyler, though. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about it. Brian Burns, a guy who I thought was going to get traded at the deadline. He didn't. He stayed home. Uh, he didn't play last week. Had, it was in concussion protocol. He'll be returning. He's their best pass rusher without a doubt. Uh, if he's going to stay on that left side, though, against Tyron Smith, 
I ain't worried about it. <laughs> you put him on the right side, different story. And honestly, part of me, it's a little bit of me, Cowboys Nation. Just a little bit. I kind of want to see him on the right side a few times here. So, so and, and Terrence win, have a, have a winning day, so we can get that confidence back with Terrence. Terrence, not just we, but Terrence himself can get that confidence. So Brian Burns lines up on Terrence. I think that's where you're going to have to say, okay. Fine. What, what number is Brian? Let me see that if it shows up there. It doesn't show. Fine him. Yeah, I think he has the. It. Got it. Fine him if he's on Terrence's side and kind of give him a little help from time to time. But that's really the matchup: Terrence versus Brian Burns. If it happens, if it's Terrence versus Tyron, um, Terrence versus Tyron, Brian Burns versus Tyron, feel feel a lot better about that. Tyron's on a roll right now. He's on a bit of a heater. And then J.C. Horn. We, you know, all of our draft heads here, we know who J.C. Horn is. He was a guy the Cowboys coveted. It was the same draft, Michael Parsons. So gift in a, you know, it was a gift that the Cowboys didn't didn't jump to get him. He's been a hurt guy, been injured a whole lot. He's a talented guy, in South Carolina, but been hurt. Got hurt early in the year, I think, with a hamstring injury. Missed every game except Week One, but but he has been designated to return, and he could he could possibly play. Uh, again, we'll take a look at their injury report. And see if he'll be playing for you. I, I, I'm playing against you. I don't know. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. He's had a long time to recover. Uh, I could see him come back. So if they get Brian Burns back, they get J.C. Horn. You know, Deion Jones is a, is, is a linebacker that we were looking at. But you know, they've they've got some guys over there that some good good ball players, some really good ball players. But I'd argue they also haven't seen this kind of offense since week six, right before the the bye, where they played the Dolphins. They had that they had that back to back to back situation where that I think they saw Seattle, uh, Detroit, Miami in like three out of four games or something like that, and they struggled to deal with those teams offensively for four quarters. With all of that said, you're going on the road. This is a one and eight team that has absolutely nothing to lose. Their head coach getting the play call duties back, right? So maybe he's going to throw the kitchen sink at you. You're going to have the energy of that crowd i use that loosely because i do think cowboys nation will be representing big time right i do i think they'll be there there will be kind of that early we say this a lot man especially because you're the cowboys you're no matter how bad the team is you're every team super bowl there will be that early surge these teams will have don't allow that to carry for an entire quarter or two or half or or more right don't allow that there's going to be a surge this is still national football league they'll have a stop it may even score. We saw we saw Miami go down to them 14-7, I think it was. Might have even been 14-0. Against the Panthers. The Panthers beat uh, the only win against C.J. Stroud. So don't go into the game getting low to sleep because they're 1-8. Keep the Arizona Cardinals on your mind like you did last week. They asked you the question about, well, how do you not overlook week three? Well, how do you not overlook the Giants? How do you not overlook week three? That's how we not overlook it. Last time we did that, that happened. So from top to bottom, man, you you are just you're better than this team in every facet by a mile, but like by a whole lot. Go out there and show it. It's that simple. Go out there and show it. Uh, I don't think they have the defensive weapons to match up with you. I don't think offensively they have nearly enough uh, to get anything done. So go out there and just get this thing over with early. Get some rest. Because you're about to go on a gauntlet here. And not only are you about to go on a gauntlet against teams, but starting next week, a whole bunch of short weeks, right? You play on Thursday, Thanksgiving, 
You don't get a 10-day rest. You go right back next Thursday against Seattle. And then you get a bit of a break. So you're going to get that three games in 18 days or whatever. So it, I'm not saying you go in there and, and, and as, a, as a coach, you're saying, well, we're going to game plan for three quarters. Nah, but execute well enough to where you can get to that fourth quarter hat again, right? Fourth quarter hat, 13 minutes, you can get these guys some rest because we're about to hit that gauntlet. So that is the Panthers Cowboys outlook. Not overlooking them. A lot, a lot of a lot of fans don't like when us creators kind of say, oh, man, we're playing a bad team. We should beat them. We're not overlooking them. We, we're breaking them down. With that said, you should absolutely handle business against these guys. Absolutely, man. All right, let's hit the horns. Rap to y'all. We didn't get a chance to talk to y'all yesterday. Let's start off with my guy, Mel. What's good, bro? Good morning, King, to the morning, King. Man, this is uh, I wanted to touch on just what you the last bit of of uh, your breakdown you just said, man. Traditionally, during this kind of uh, end of November, December stretch, where we've got the Thanksgiving game, and then we've got like a bunch of short weeks and off weeks until we hit that time where I think where we get like ten days off after that's kind of all over. Yeah. We have we have traditionally kind of struggle during that time because of those short weeks. If you remember back to 2019, um, we lost to the Chicago Bears, who were god-awful. Um, I know it's 2019. I know it's old, but uh, and I, I don't remember how we did last year. You, you'd have to remind me. I'm about to say. But, yeah, you, got, you, reminded me, you have to remind me. I don't, I don't remember for four years straight of that stretch. That's like 16 games to remember. Uh uh, let me see here. So 2022 in that stretch. Let's go see Thanksgiving. What day was Thanksgiving? We played the Giants. Cowboys went 4-0 in that. So we didn't struggle last year. Okay. Beat Minnesota, played okay. the Giants, whooped on the Colts, and then beat the Texans. So 1-2-3-4 uh, in 2022. Okay. So they they handled that extremely well last year. So you, you are seeing my PTSD as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's like all good. Uh, 2021, we 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 did we did have issues. We went to uh, the week before it was the the Chiefs, which you know 919. Then we lost that that Raiders game without Amari and CD. But then we responded and won one, two, three. Yeah, four. I remember the Raiders game. We won four in a row after the Thanksgiving Day loss. So we didn't handle Thanksgiving well, and before Thanksgiving we hadn't handled post Thanksgiving well. Uh, 2020, we're not really worried about 2020, right? Yeah. And then 2019. No, 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 no. We don't. We don't count 2020. That never happened. Yeah. Tw- yeah. 2019 was the weird year where we started off hot and then we went on a three-game, the only three-game losing streak in the last four seasons. Uh, that was the loss to the Patriots in the monsoon. Lost to Buffalo. I think that was the Thanksgiving game. Yes, that was the Thanksgiving game. Buffalo we, was the Thanksgiving yeah, game. Buffalo, and then we lost to the Bears, and, and we dropped three in a row. So 2019 was really the last time the Cowboys struggled. Um, in that stretch. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So that, either way, that either way, it's not a little bit. But either way, bro, it's not an easy stretch. This is a tough stretch. This is a tough stretch. This yeah. is a tough stretch. And I wanted to kind of point out, or I wanted to ask you, what would be the situation? Because this is the last time I feel like you really will get the opportunity to see what you even what Trey Lance is even doing on the team 
Like, this is the last time you'll have an opportunity maybe to even get him in a game. What, what would have to happen in order for us to have all three quarterbacks active? Because I really feel like can't. by the fourth quarter, Dak is going to have on the, 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 uh, the Cowboy cap. Yes, you can't. Per the rules, they, they can't be you, – you can't activate three quarterbacks. It's two and one is designated a third emergency quarterback. So what would have to happen is he would have to be the second string quarterback. And that's not gonna happen. And then and then and then Bro will be the, the emergency quarterback. So so if you're ready to say Trey Lance, you're a second string quarterback, if something happened to Dak Prescott, get in there and, and hold it down, then that's what would have to happen. Yeah, that's, um from from I'll, my I'll, understanding. What's your what's your confidence level in that? From my understanding, he's not ready. Yeah. That's just what I've been told. That's not I'm not saying that. Like, like, well, what do you think? I don't know, bro. Like, like, like we talked about this when he got signed. He and people were kind of going a bit crazy about uh, you know Trey Lance and being a franchise quarterback. He he ain't ready f- to be called that, you know. So now it's about is he when is he going to be ready to get the playbook down, have the trust of the staff, and all that stuff. From from my understanding, that's not here yet, which is hard okay. because you don't get a chance to. It's hard to do during the season. A third string quarterback is not getting the reps. It's not happening. No, no. So no. And 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 like you say, if if Dak has a hangnail, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna use no other word. But if Dak has a hangnail and he has to come out, who do you feel more comfortable putting in that game? If you're a coaching staff, somebody that went four and one last year, or you know somebody you really don't have a lot of data on. So even yeah, even if you look at him as a talented guy, you're not really going to as a coaching staff be able to say okay. Going and go in there and win us this game. That's just sure. not. If this you know, was the old, it's just not the old days where I think you you could carry the three the three quarterbacks. Then this, yeah, we would have seen Trey, right? We would have seen him at yeah. some point just because. I mean, you're up thirty five to, to three in the fourth. You would have seen him. You would have saw him week one. Probably. I mean, well, no, because I don't. He had just got traded for. I don't think he even knew the playbook just yet. But you would you would have saw him at least over the last couple of weeks where we've you know, been blowing out the Rams yeah. and you blow out. You know, you know the team, the Giants, and things like that. But this isn't the old days. You you can't designate three guys active anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that sucks. That kind of sucks. If this, this this should totally be a game where uh, fourth quarter, man, we we fourth quarter, you know, players got they players got the fourth quarter caps on, man. That that's I'll, that's just what this really should be. I do like though you, you like you said they got some guys man they got some individual talent um and even Bryce Bryce is a California guy I saw him in high school um but he, when I tell you man he's about 5'11 190 he is literally like about 5'11 190 he's not yeah. a big guy but Little, he's also not a guy he's not, he when I say this I'm not knocking him he's not a guy that is going to read a defense and then make decisions no, he you're is right. a guy that wants to yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that to knock him. That's just kind of what he is. Yeah, rookie. He he's kind of like that Russell Wilson type, where he wants to move around, let things kind of open up and develop. If you let him get back there and start scrambling around a lot, um, you know he can make some things happen. Not enough to win you, not enough to beat us. Nah. But that's kind of the way he likes to play. Yeah, you see it over um, the last three weeks. Like I said, he's been doing a lot more moving around. I think the first half of the season. They wanted him to be more stationary, drop back. 
and and then uh, Thomas Brown took over, and, and I think that changed a little bit. So hey, if they want him to just drop back, uh, fine by me. I don't think he's a he's a kid right at this point in his career where he's going to scan the field and find you know open guy on a regularity. I think you'll need to scheme this up, get the ball out quick, screens, uh, maybe some design quarterback runs. One thing I did notice about him. When he run again, he ain't running the slide. He, he's running. He's diving. He's he's trying to run, which I don't get because <laughs> yeah. he's little. He's trying to run through you. He, okay, okay, Bryce. You know, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a brave little kid. <laughs> be careful, man. I, I I appreciate him, but be careful. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to jump off of here, bro. Man, uh, love everything you do, man. Callers, please don't call in and ruin the calls for us. Okay, let's let's <laughs> nah. let's. let's. <laughs> Look, we don't, we don't, we don't want Scott talking about the phones is broke. Okay, so <laughs> peace, brother. I uh, appreciate you, man. Nah, we good. The virus didn't, the virus didn't hit us today. That's all. It didn't hit us today. Um, yeah, this stretch, this stretch is always, I think, a tough stretch for the Cowboys because it's annual, where other teams, it just happens once in a while. Dallas every year and Detroit, but. Dallas every year is playing on Thanksgiving and for the most part at least from what I can remember over the last few years they've played that next Thursday for the for the most part and then if they don't play the next Thursday they didn't get that 10 days off but um I I would prefer they'd go Sunday game Thursday and then back to a Sunday game because because now you're getting that 10-day break after the the three days you have to prepare instead it's three days play Thanksgiving, and you're right back to playing on, on Thursday. So you think about it. Fortunately, you're at home, if I'm not mistaken, right, for both of those games. Let me just double check. I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys see, I guess. So you're about to go on a one, two, three, three-game homestand after Carolina. Big games, too. Washington at the crib, Thanksgiving, Seattle, and Philly. And then you finish three out of four on a row. I, the schedule was really not the greatest, bro. They, they gave us our home stuff at the beginning. Or in the middle, I'm sorry, but I don't like how they did it. You have four of the first six on a row, and you finish three of the first four on the road in two of those road games, one in Buffalo in December, and then obviously in Washington. So you're gonna you're definitely gonna be able to tell the toughness of your team in, in cold weather if you have to deal with any cold weather. But yeah, this stretch is is, is important. That's why I was saying, like, hey, if we can get to the fourth where we put the fourth quarter hat on. Perfect. And maybe I'm getting lulled to sleep. Maybe me personally, I'm getting a little bit lulled to sleep. You don't really see 40 nothing, 30-10, 38-3, You don't see that happen that often in the first nine weeks of the season. Five of the of, of your six victories are just absolute blowouts. I'm getting lulled to sleep a little bit. Thinking like, ah, yeah, man, this should be another one. Man, that don't happen. It's somebody, you know... ESPN analytics, somebody that goes into the to the to the stat books, Professor O. How many times have teams won by thirty points? Like how many, you know what I mean? How many times has that been the the, the spread when it was over? You've had a thirty plus point victory. Let's call it twenty plus because you only beat the Jets only by twenty. Twenty is a lot in the NFL. The Cowboys have done it five times already with a bunch of games left. I don't think it's going to happen. But how many times have, has that happened where you've had 20-plus point victories five out of the first nine weeks? A little bit too weird for my book, but. D-Shift, what's goody? 
Hey, what's good, bro? What's up with man, you? Man, uh, I like, man, man, I like everything you were talking about as far as Michael Parsons is concerned. Uh, it's just real weird to hear, like, people, I mean, because they always got to compare him to Lawrence Taylor, right? Because that's the um, only way you can kind of legitimately kind of, I guess, take away from his game. And so to go ahead and talk about the sacks where he's, you know, right there in the top ten, um, but not really highlight the impact he's having. Like, if Michael Parsons isn't on the game, is, you know, are the Cowboys getting five sacks against the Giants? As bad as the Giants' uh, defense, uh, I mean, offensive line is. Uh, so I liked everything uh, you were kind of putting out there. Um, as far as the Panthers are concerned, I'm really excited to see what uh, the defensive tackles can do against the uh, Panthers' running game. Um, I was kind of just scheming over, you know, as you were talking about them. And I noticed that they're ranked real low as far as, like, I think they have, like, two rushing touchdowns on the year. Yeah, they don't run uh, it really well. I, even though I like Chuba Hubbard, they it's just not – it's hard, bro. Their offensive line bad. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, I mean, pretty relieving to go ahead and see, like, a guy like Mozzie uh, maybe take another step as he's kind of uh, yeah. progressing. Um, but, you know, that's going to be, be a process for him. Um but overall, man, I think the the Dak MVP talks as well. Um, I, I think slow down on him a little bit, you know. Um, as, as you know, the numbers are amazing, and if nobody else on the field is going to go take it, and Dak ends up taking it, they you know continue to be smart about how they um, get him to start moving that you know distributing the ball to you know Cooks and and CD. Uh, then I say go take it, but uh, we just got to kind of let the season play out. But that's yep. all I have, man. And I appreciate everything you do. Thank you, D-Shift. Appreciate you, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, you know how I feel about the MVP. So I, I get it. It's it's a, it's a, I don't even know if it's a fan talk thing. Like, if you're at the water cooler, you're at the barbershop, you're at, with your friends, I don't even know if that's a thing, but it is a thing on social media. And I get it. It's, it's easily clickable. It's an easy conversation to get to have and get going. But for me, week, what are we, in 11? I know it sounds like, well, Sky, we are getting close to the end. We're in week 11, and here's why I mean. There's not a runaway. There's not a runaway guy. And I, I think that's why Dak's name is brought up. But I would say, like he said, put a, put a pause on that right now. Numbers-wise, amazing, right? But put a pause on it because we're going to go through this gauntlet. If we go through this gauntlet the same way, and you're getting dubs, though, not the losses, you're getting dubs, then I think there's a legitimate conversation to have. But I do think for us... It's a little bit early to start talking about that. Now, back to me personally. <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. Let me tell, right, let me tell you, <laughs> we don't care. I don't. I ain't gonna keep sounding like a broken record. I want the MVP in February. Where's it played at? In Las Vegas this year? Wherever it's played at, that's the one I want. Don't care about this regular season. Hey, Tricks, I just saw, I I usually do Super Chats later, but I, I do want to bring this up real quick before I get back to the phone. Super Chat. Tricks dropped five and said, hey, Drew Drew is in Judgment Day, Drew McIntyre. He said, Drew in Judgment Day, though? Sheesh. What's the word on the wrestling pod, though? Uh, I don't think he's in Judgment Day. They're doing a Survivor Series war game, so they got to have five people. I think he's just a part of the heel. He turned heel. I don't think Drew's going to be a part of him. He's way too big to you know be a part of a stable he needs to be in his own heel uh wrestling pod i talked I've, I've been talking to l about this man I, it, it is tough during i thought it would be a little easier it's tougher it's tougher during the season to do it so i'm not sure bro i ain't gonna lie to you not sure 
Los, what's up, man? Yo, yo, good morning, Sky. Just two quick things, and then I'm out of here. I know you got some calls. I just want to say, hey, praise to LVE. I mean, <laughs> it just shows how hard it is. I mean, I never liked the guy. I'm going to be honest, but, hey, you know, it, it's hard to just show it. it is how hard it is to play this game. Yeah. And, yes, I mean, yes, I mean, we they get, do get paid millions of dollars and stuff, but, hey, do they deserve it? And, you know, they got families of their own. They got life of themselves, and it is a business. You know, I'm probably not going to see him ever again, but, hey, you know, he did what he did for the Cowboys, and I'll leave it at that. So let me say, go, go ahead, Scott. Let me show you something real quick. Um, and this is no, like you said, no knock on LVE, right? Running back averages since he's been gone. 1.94, 3.5, 3.1. And then, you know, the Cowboys held the Giants, Saquon Barkley, to like seven yards on like 11 carries in the first half last week. So on the field, I don't think they're missing LVE. And we kind of were talking about that when it, when it happened. It's not a knock on LVE. It's just that because when LVE was there, they had a couple games where they were holding running backs to 2.4 and 2.3. But then obviously at the Cardinals game, 5.4 yards, the, the, the Niners game, I thought they did well for the most part. But, you know, the, the dude hit a 26-yarder. They was solid for the most part. But I don't think they're missing him is what I'm getting at, Los. Exactly. And like I said, I mean, health is more important than, you know, just being out there and risking your life. So, right. like, you know, like y'all said it earlier, do the right thing. Do the right thing. Uh, and last but not least, I mean, we as us as Cowboys fans, we we expect us to dominate this team. But from week three, we saw we just can't sleepwalk any team, right? Nope. Nope. And you know, any 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 team that plays against us, they see a star in the helmet, and they want to play their ass off. It is what it is. Uh, they know they're gonna get the views on TV. They know they're gonna get their moments to be like. And keep in mind, like you said, Scott, I don't know if you mentioned it last year or anything, this is kind of also a trying out for them because damn sure they don't want to be on that team next year. They'll be like, all right. Let me put my my tape out here on this Cowboys and see see what team will pick me up next year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so look, it's look, most, it's look most, what happened with Josh Dobbs. Look. Josh Dobbs beats the Cowboys, right? People forget, and this is a wonderful story. I like Josh Dobbs. Got a chance to meet him a long time ago, helping out with an event. But people forget he lost seven games in a row after that. So it's not, it's not like he was out there just killing. But he beat the Cowboys. They kind of put him on a national stage. And now Josh Dobbs is a fun story, but not not because of just the Cowboys, but he, he's also had to go out there and play well too. So yeah, you know, if you want to get a chance to put your your name on the map, it's by by playing well against the Cowboys. And and that's his guy. That's all I got. You just gotta match their intensity from the front, mm-hmm. and just don't sleepwalk. Let, let's just go out there. Let's play football, and let's go go out there and get some hard hitting football, and let's enjoy it, man. And I love that it's an early game because I get to eat my I cereal. And you know, you, I get to enjoy a little bit. Ask, you know, sorry if I'm cussing, but if it if all goes well, and then just watch the rest of the day of my fantasy football, and hopefully, you know, my players do good. So yeah, let's out there and enjoy this game. I I'm seven and two this year, Scott. So hopefully, I, I'm already in playoffs back to back. So I'm just trying to win it all. Seven and Peace. two. Damn that that makes. See, I haven't talked about fantasy football in, in, all year, and. Uh, just listening to Lowe's talk about that kind of makes me want to get back into it. Instead, what I've been doing lately is uh, just playing the 
not parlays. You can't really bet down here unless you got like a bookie or something. Type. But playing like the prop bets, the underdogs and the prize picks and whatnot. So I love the 12 o'clock games too. Y'all know how I feel. Hate primetime. I hated them even before I started doing this. I hate them even more now because it's a long night. You don't get home till like damn near midnight. Then obviously you got to show in the morning. Um, 12 o'clock games, though, love them. If you forgot, me and Jesse are back at walk-ons or back outside, really. We're at walk-ons in Arlington. Shouts out to Cowboys Fanatic came through. Lisa VIC came through. A couple other people. Um, if you want to come kick it with us, I know this is the Panthers game. I don't expect it to be crazy. But we will be back out there on Sunday. I'll be there mad early. We'll, we'll kick off the show at 11 o'clock. So that means I'll probably be there like 9, roughly. Yeah, setting things up, getting ready to go. And, uh, yeah, come through, man. Shouts out to Walk-On. Shouts out to uh, Cowboys Experience. Shouts out to Triple Dog Whiskey, our, our wonderful sponsors for our game day live. So make sure y'all come back through. Yeah, IT, they, they, they put us back outside, man. And we was cutting up. Did y'all see the... Hold on, let me see if I can find it. The Noah Igmanogany John. I'll bring it up in a second. I, it was funny. I'll bring it up in a second. Let's get to 323 three before we have a little fun. We're going to get up out of here. So, 323, uh, three, what it is, what it do? What's good with this guy, man? It's LA. LA, not LA night? <laughs> nah, man. I've been calling into the box show. Yeah, I remember you, brother. What's going but, uh, on with you, LA? Nothing, man. Honestly, Brian got nothing, nothing much for the show, dude. Just wanted to want to check in. I don't, I don't normally call into to, to your show. I'm glad that you are clearing up the uh, the the air and making sure that everybody knows that 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 you're not taking this team lightly. Mm-hmm. That there are a couple different things that you want to see depth wise and, yeah. and everything. Because obviously they they really easy to overlook. Yes, you know. But, well, you know, as, like, fans and stuff like that, like, what I'm hoping to see is that these dudes, you know, that they just bring them – that they play super physical the whole game. You know, I, I, I really want to see the, the, the O-line be more cohesive, you know, because we in that point of the season where we need these dudes to, you know, to be better, man. We can't have the center being a sucker no more <laughs> at different times, being a sucker sporadic. You know? I tell you what, though, He's LA- great against average people. Oh, you said the center or, or just us in general? Not the center. The, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, hold on, hold on, Tyler, hold on, hold on. What did you just call that man? Tyler Bidiachi. <laughs> you call that man Tyler Bidiachi? Bidiachi. 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 Yeah, that's the dude's name, man. Him and uh, Scooney Baker, man. They got, Yo, they, you know, like, like when you don't days, perform man. well, when you don't perform well, then you just get weird names, man. You know? Yeah. These dudes need to do better. And and what I was, what I'm wanting, uh, Didiachi, uh, I need my man to be a real legitimate Pro Bowl dude right now. And, uh, you know, because technically he's a Pro Bowl player. You know, but I want my guy to look like a Pro Bowl player against top competition. You know, so we got we got some more D tackles coming through. You know, and 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 everything. But like I said, man, I'm just looking for these dudes to be a lot more physical. You know, and, no, and keep getting better with 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 being. You know, because uh, twenty. I'm a, I'm gonna keep it one one hundred with you, Scott. I'm gonna keep one hundred with you, bro. I missed twenty one. I missed Z. 
Not that I, I want to get a lot of fans Zeke missed Zeke 20 times. I just missed Zeke on my team, man. Rico's been getting, like, Rico's been looking better. But, you know, like, man, I, I, I think our season looks a little bit different in the red zone if we got 21. Oh, I think that's fair. I well, think we I think red zone is fair. But I also think if you just give number what's his name? What's his number? Twenty three. If you give twenty three the ball, he give you that same that same production in my opinion. Yeah, it's similar. It's 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 a little bit different feel. I ain't I ain't I ain't got oh, yeah. that twenty three. It'll 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 it's be a, a different, different feel. We need to give him the ball more than twenty. Taking. You know, I'm I'm let I'm ready to let Rico ride, man. Let Rico ride. That's the that's the that's gonna be the theme of this Sunday. Let let Rico ride, man. You know, but that's about it though, uh, Scott. Man, I just wanted to uh, 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 pop my cherry on your show. So appreciate you, LA. Whatever that means. <laughs> we know what God that bless means. you, bro. You as well, man. LA funny, man. Tyler, Ty, not Tyler. Uh, Luke Schoonerbaker, if y'all missed the show, Vice Lombardi, and now Tyler, body yada yada yada. Crazy man, yeah. I, I think there are, are Zeke stands who miss Zeke. People that like, are, you know, love Zeke, right? Like, I miss Zeke having him here. But then there are Cowboy fans who are understanding that Zeke is not that good anymore, and you got a player on this team that can do the Zeke things. They just aren't doing them with him in regards to Rico Dow. It's that simple, man. Give Rico Dowdle and treat Rico and TP like you treated Zeke and TP. Nobody were. Even a Zeke stand ain't even the only way a Zeke stand. If you treated Rico and TP like Zeke and TP, the only way a Zeke stand will say I miss Zeke is because hey, I'm a fan of him and I genuinely miss him being on this team. That's it. But the Cowboys are giving credence to whoa, we're missing Zeke because you're not playing Rico Dowdle like you should. It's that simple. It's that simple, man. You're trying to, or maybe they are trying to justify the franchise tag in that red zone by giving Tony Pollard the ball. When you got a guy who can literally do the goal line things, two of them, if we're being exact, but it's really that simple, man. You can quite literally watch Ezekiel Elliott, and, and, and it's no offense to him, but this keeps getting brought up, which is annoying. But watch him in New England, and watch when T, not TP, watch when uh, Rico carries the ball night and day, <laughs> night and day. I promise you, I promise you, man. But I get it, man. 21, been there, gave us good eight years or whatever it was, seven years, fan favorite, do the eat thing. I get it, man. I get it. But you you got a guy in the backfield that can do those things. I don't think it's just that simple, man. Just, just give it to him. Stop stop playing politics or stop worrying about money and just give it, give him the ball in the red zone and we'll be fine. Now, we've been better. We've been better in the red zone, but that particular series, that particular possession, that was frustrating. He, you know... Rico gets you down there, and then you turn around and give it to TP twice. Makes no sense to me. It's not a not a goal line back. Not a goal line back. Hey, Michael H. Question: Have you been watching Zeke? Or are you going to look at numbers? Zeke's not been good in New England. Rico Dowdle right now gives you more than Zeke Elliott. That's just facts, man. And we can't say, well, well, Sky, we miss his blitz pickups. No, we do not. 
No, we do not. Tony Pollard has been nails in that. Rico has been nails in that. Zeke looks even less -er of a Zeke in New England than he did last year. And that's saying something because he had a PCL situation. So, but I, I look, I'm, I'm, I get it, man. Cowboy fans, we're not, we don't, we don't really get over. It. There's people that are saying, bring Tony Romo back, bring Des Bryant back. One thing we do here is we hold on, man. We hold on. <laughs> we hold on, boy. Tell you. Uh, I already read tricks. It's not the one I'm wanting. Super chat. DC for life said, what's good, Sky Cowboys Nation? Let's freaking go. He dropped five. Cowboys number six. Thank you, DC for life. Uh, drummer cam that was yesterday or two days ago so yeah all right i did tricks i did dc for life so back into the chat we rap for a little bit <laughs> y'all miss zeke jumping into the red cup nah, nah yeah. it's fun yeah it was fun man it's fun for the locker room he, I, I get it like i i get it but i don't think we're missing on the field I've been trying to get you guys to pay attention to what the real issue is. It ain't the backfield, right? <laughs> Princess. Princess said, man, I'm a fan of the star, not the player. Damn, Zeke, like a dead a dead auntie buried at... Damn, Princess? It's rough. That's rough. Yeah, he wore himself down too, Jay Recruiter. But I know you wanted a Zeke fan, so I'm not going. I'm not sitting here trying to change your mind. Uh, Mel said, "Have you seen Zeke in New England?" I, I, I don't think many people really have, man. I don't think they really have. Like, if if again, if the lane is there, it'll just run right downhill and, and get what he can get, right? But but look, I'm not expecting Zeke to be what he was before, man. Dude got like a thousand million carries on his body, not. A, it is what it is. But I promise you, if you treat this backfield as a tandem, not a singular back, and then we bring in Rico Dowdle for two carries, at the very least, your your efficiency, I think, will, 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 will rise. Just because you're, you're mixing that situation up. But it really all depends on the guys in front. They've been poor this year. Mel, didn't I, I gave you I gave you a project yesterday, right? I said go look at these highlights real quick. Go tell me what you notice here, and then go and watch or just remember how the Cowboys up front is playing now. Just go look, go look at Zeke highlights, go look at TP highlights, all that from last year, and go watch what we see this year. Night and day, night and day up front, night and day with the game plan too, but night and day up front, man. It's that simple. <laughs> e. Sean said they only paying attention if you on a fantasy. Maybe. Maybe, man. D. Shift says starting with building a dominant O-line. Looking ahead, I, I, I would hope that that is up there again. That was one of the things we talked about in, pre, in uh, pre-draft coverage was offensive line help. I would put it right back at the top. Offensive line looks less athletic, less physical, and obviously dinged up. Zach is battling through things. Tyler's battling through things. Tyron's been in and out the lineup. Tyler missed the first couple games. Biotish, we talked about that. Terrence, it's just, it's just not nice, man. 
Toxics. Uh, Sky, I swear some of our fans would rather continue to lose with their favorite players and actually win with pragmatic decisions. You got to get a hmm. <clears throat> and the other way around, too. Right? But, yeah, that's that's true. You know, that's true. Favorite. And again, I get it. We're, we're fans. We're fans. But I, I've learned a long time ago because Des Bryant was my favorite player probably since Mike. And when Dez was gone, it hurt. But guess what? We had to we had to push through. And then went out and got Mari Cooper and we started winning. And it's like, hey man, Dez not here no more. But but it's 2023, and I promise you there's still people out there saying bring Des Bryant back. We tend to do that here. Maybe because we ain't winning, right? Like we need a win, brother L. If we were to win, we hey man, thank you for your contributions. You were the all-time great, one of my favorite players. We just won a Super Bowl, or we just, you know what I mean? We just had a ton of success, and we can kind of relish in that. But we haven't won, so we say, well, maybe we didn't win because we don't have 21, because we don't have 88. And, and that sticks. You're not suffering from any leadership issues, Jay Recruiter. Not suffering from any leadership issues. But again, you a stand, so I get it, bro. I get it. You know what's interesting? This is very interesting. There was a, a group of people who, and maybe it might be the same people. This offense is not going to be as good without Kellen Moore. Dak is going to suffer without Kellen Moore. Da, 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 da. I ain't seen those dudes in a long time. So what what do we have to, to hold on to now? Like, what is the one thing that's not working? That we're gonna, our run game's not working. Why? Because we ain't got Zeke. That's lazy. It's lazy. Bring back Chaz Green. I'll tell you what we're going to bring back. Crossover show. I'm on later tonight. No Vice Lombardi live show, but I'm on later tonight. Back on this channel with our guy Mauricio Rodriguez. A to Z Sports. Prime time. Eight. And I'll be on time. Like, look. It's his show, so I'm a guest, so I can't be showing up late. That's rude. I'll be on time, and we'll be uh, having a good time on that show, man. Mo be killing it. Follow Mo on Twitter. He's also been dropping some cool things on there as well. Um, don't know what the conversation is going to be, so we'll see. It'll be fun, though. We haven't done a crossover show since year one. We did a crossover show, I think, right before the season. Right before the season. And um, it was fun. It was fun. I like being on there, but... It's different now because I used to do a night show, now I do a morning show, so, you know, can't do both all the time. So we're going to do a crossover show heading to this Panthers game. So make sure y'all come back through and uh, check that out. Only way out, though, hit the like button. One more again. Share this thing with your friends, family, and foes. Yes, I say foes because we got some people like Authentic who drops amazing content, but he is a Giants fan, and he be up in here, too. So... Anybody that wants to get the real on the Cowboys, come through here. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Kellen still coach. I mean, I, T-Dub, did I talk about boss man getting cut, kicking the tires on that? Nah, I don't. I ain't, I ain't talk about the guy that they cut or traded for that got cut by the team that traded for him before the season's out. I didn't. Um, if they were to sign him, then we could talk about it. But you got one of the best special teams without him because that's all he would be here for is a special teams guy at this moment. But. Hey, if they sign him, then we'll talk about it. But he cleared waivers, y'all. Traded, cut, cleared waivers. My bad. I don't really think he 
a big deal. But if he gets signed, we'll talk about it. I promise y'all we'll talk about it. Push the goddamn button. Push the goddamn button. Yes, sir, Gregory. Yeah, Mel. Yeah, man. Got traded preseason. Cut by the Dolphins. And then clear waivers. Bro, players are getting picked up on waivers. He cleared waivers. I don't know. Something must have happened down there. Something must have happened down there, man. Get out of here. Peace.